Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by local actors. This episode features the mystery short story, The Afternoon Before Christmas by Mark Murphy. It's read by local actor Sean Hopper. The Afternoon Before Christmas was published by mysteryauthors.com in 2006 and in 2014, it was reprinted in Over My Dead Body. If you'd like to help support this podcast, listen for details in the closing of this episode on how to become a patron and get some fun perks. My old friend, Lieutenant Bill Lloyd of Homicide, leaned over the table and pointed a reasonably well-manicured thumbnail at the picture in the paper as we sat in the mall's food court. I'd seen the photo already, as part of my job as a copy editor at the Demeter Dispatch. I'd even written the headline that had been appearing with it for the past few weeks. Have you seen this man? Sure glad I'm not working missing persons, he drawled. He always drawled, even though he'd left the wide-open spaces of Texas for the sometimes hip deep snows of upstate New York when he was a kid. We'd grown up together. They've been getting a lot of pressure from upstairs, he said. And of course, those jolly old elves from the FBI have been making their cheery presence felt. So they think Chet Nelson was kidnapped? His eyes narrowed. I didn't say that, Chucky. You didn't not say it. And now it's Christmas Eve, and his family probably wants him back by the stroke of twelve, right? Maybe. Or maybe not. I was curious to know what he meant, and I knew he knew I was curious. But I was darned if I was going to give him the satisfaction of asking right away. So I looked at Chet again. He was in his early sixties. A little gray hair, gray mustache, friendly eyes offset by a firm, lips-only smile. Would I buy a used basketball from him? Maybe. But his chain of sporting goods stores sold only new stuff. After I got tired of looking at him, I pretended I was interested in my surroundings, which, this afternoon, consisted mostly of mothers and kids. Almost all of them tired, some of the kids bawling, and a few of the mothers about ready to do the same. Of course, there were quite a few guys, last-minute shoppers, many of them looking as if they'd been caught in the headlights of Santa's sleigh. Santa was there, too, without sleigh, but with a tall, black-haired woman in a red dress in her twenties from the Central Mission. She stood by the kettle with him as he rang a bell with his right hand, his left tucked in his pocket, and as everyone passed by, whether they dropped something in or not, she jumped up and down with a, How you doing? Or, Happy holidays. There was nothing else to see, so I looked at Lloyd again. He said, his wife doesn't necessarily care whether he comes back or not. They've been on the outs for years, but she's a drama queen. And with her dough, 
My bosses are a captive audience. No kids? Son and daughter. She flew the coop years ago. He stayed in town, tried to work for the old man. Couldn't cut it and is currently subsidizing several liquor stores. Mommy won't let Chet toss Sonny out. One big happy family. However, Lloyd held up a finger. There's Chet's niece, a junior at Demeter College, Tanya Wolfowitz. Really seems to care about him. Stops by headquarters every day. Well, that's something. And he hasn't had that bad a life. Being on an NCAA winning team, parlaying that into a three-county sporting goods empire, leading the Chamber of Commerce, charity drives, and owing money to Sylvester Pike. That made me sit up. Oh? At least he used to. Gambling. It got settled. We've heard he paid Pike off. But there are always rumors. I almost didn't catch that last sentence because a man had just walked up behind Lloyd. I couldn't see his thumbnails, but it was a cinch they were even better manicured than Lloyd's. If the guy's camel hair coat was any indication. I might, just might, be able to afford a coat like that if I owned the newspaper. Interesting conversation, Lloyd. The man sat down with us and turned to me. It was nice seeing you, he said. Then he tilted his red-haired head toward the ceiling and smiled. It was a hint I was supposed to take. I stayed put. Always nice being seen, I said. He leaned toward Lloyd. This guy doesn't get it. No. Lloyd sat up. It's you who doesn't get it. This is Chucky Charles. He's a friend. He stays. Chucky, Gregory Breen. Gregory Breen. Counsel to many legitimate businessmen. Nice going, Chucky. Smart mouth him again and you might wind up in Coego Lake sleeping with the fishies. If Coego Lake were clean enough to have fishies. Breen turned to Lloyd. Your boys have been leaning on my boss. You've been getting the wrong information. He and Nelson settled things a long time ago. The boss doesn't know anything about him. Anything we can prove. Lloyd said. I didn't have a stopwatch, but they probably stared each other down for about ten seconds, and probably not for the first time. Then Breen laughed, and Lloyd laughed, both through clenched teeth. Breen got up. Happy holidays, he told him. Then he smiled at me and said, you do. Something in the way he said that made me glad I was in a place that sold underwear. A minute after he left, Lloyd and I decided we'd had enough excitement. As we left, we each put something in Santa's kettle, and he rang the bell each time. Isn't he great? 
the female dynamo said, putting an arm around him. I didn't even know he was going to be here today. I thought I'd be here all by my lonesome. Then she swayed from side to side, the epitome of Mary. Santa rang the bell again. Then Lloyd's cell phone rang. Yes? I didn't like the look on his face. Be right there. He looked at me. Dead man in the lake. Good possibility it's Nelson. Same age, build. That missing man? The woman shook her head. How sad. Can't say for sure, Lloyd said, shooting me a warning glance. But I can let the paper know that an unidentified man was found, right? Yeah, but leave it at that. Then he was gone. I walked down the hall and got on my cell. Took me twenty rings to get someone in the newsroom to answer. Christmas Eve is party time. When I finished, an older guy with a sling on his right arm had just dropped some money in the basket and was reaching out to Santa. Then I saw it. Something small and bright and gold, but not a Christmas light. Five minutes later, while Santa's hyper-helper was getting coffee, as if she needed the caffeine, I approached him. When I was a kid, I asked you for an Etch-a-Sketch. I got it. Thanks. I'd startled him, but after a moment he gave me a slight, you're welcome nod. I thought it was the most magical toy of all time, and I'm sure it's still a very good toy. But one morning I left it on the living room floor, and my mother accidentally stepped on it and broke it. I was able to see what was inside it, how it worked. It was fascinating in its own way, but it wasn't magic anymore. Then I yanked his left hand out of his pocket. What do you know? My hunch was right. No wonder you've been hiding it. Not everyone in Demeter has a gold ring like this. An NCAA ring. I saw it when you took out your left hand to shake hands with that guy who couldn't use his right arm. No, don't, his trapped eyes seemed to say. You can't let it go. It's a symbol of the most magical time of your life. Since then, it's been a long downhill slide. So you stash some money away, maybe dye your hair, shave the mustache, disappear for a while... I bet you've been showing up unexpectedly at fundraisers all around town, saying so-and-so sent you. You know the names of all the movers and shakers in the non-profit world. And who's going to turn down Santa? And you get to be someone else and help others. But you've got to make your own kind of magic. As yourself. There's someone you've been forgetting. I held out my cell. A phone book I just looked at has a listing for a T. Wolfowitz. Maybe you know the number? He took the phone. Not so fast, I said. Chet Nelson comes back tomorrow, right? He looked at the floor and nodded. 
It would make a great story for the day after Christmas paper. He went off to make the call, and suddenly Miss Holly Jolly Christmas was wagging a finger in my face and grinning. Hey, did you just give Santa a present? That's against the rules. He's supposed to give you a present. I gave her a smile and a shrug. I said, maybe he did. Then I went off to find an Etch-a-Sketch. This reading of the afternoon before Christmas was produced by Kings River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Ham. You can learn more about the author on his website, murphyscraw.blogspot.com. If you'd like to help us be able to continue to bring you more mystery fun, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash kingsriverlife. Even a dollar a month can make a difference and we could really use your support. Watch for even more great perks coming soon for our patrons. We also have some cool merchandise available on Redbubble, which would make a great Christmas gift. Check the show notes for the link and for the links to our websites and social media. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode and subscribe to our podcast newsletter for bonus content. If you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it as this helps make us easier for others to find. And be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, this is your announcer wishing you a life full of mystery. Mystery.